Welcome to the See Me After Class podcast. I'm your host, John Graham, and you're listening to episode 9. Uh, if you watched the last stream, you'd know I haven't been feeling well. Uh, over the worst of it, just in that phase where you're just coughing up hunks of green shit. You know what I mean? Like Slimer. The Slimer face. Or that chick from The Exorcist. But, uh, and you know, when you get that initial feeling, too, that you're getting sick, you're just walking around one day, minding your own fucking business, until one one minute where you're just like stand still and you're like I, I feel a I feel a tickle in the back of my throat and you're like oh man the next week is going to suck I know what's coming I've been through this before I've felt this before fuck maybe I can just drown it in Buckley's if I drown it in Buckley's in the back of my throat maybe it'll go away and the virus will just be like <laughs> no and then it'll all be gone and it, and it won't spread to the rest of my body never fucking works awesome so there's that I haven't been feeling well and uh oh yeah fun fact I'm getting evicted out of my house me and everyone else in the house we've, we've been given it's not a joke we've been given two months notice and uh, our ass has got to be in different places or a different place by uh, the 1st of January. And uh, it's, it was a shock to everyone. Uh, nobody saw it coming. I definitely didn't see it coming. I had no intention of going anywhere for a long time because, fuck, the, the reworking I have to do for the plot of the show... I mean, I, I, I guess not everybody would think it's such a big deal, but for me, it's a huge deal. Like, the fact that I opened Season 8 with a flash-forward that that hasn't taken place yet uh, in the current timeline and won't for a very long time, but it shows the toys in this fucking house that I'm not going to be in by the time... I'm shooting to catch up with that scene in the present day. You know what I mean? And, and much earlier before then, I'm going to have to show the toys, you know, in whatever new place they're in, because that's where I'm going to be. I'm not going to be here anymore. So, and just, you know, it was Halloween when we found out, and there's like trick-or-treaters coming to the, to the door, kids in fun costumes, and, you know, we're all... We're all trying to keep smiles on our faces, but this is the same day that, you know, along with the kids coming up to the door for candy, the same night, alongside the kids, the landlord's coming up to the, to the front door to drop off an eviction notice in the, let, in the letterbox. And, you know, he's... I'm not shitting on the guy. He's within his legal right. Because, you know, he's giving us 60 days notice and, you know, he gave me the rental agreement, or not the rental agreement, but the eviction agreement, well, agreement, like notice. It's like you're getting the fuck out. There's not, there's no debate about it. We had a party at the house a couple days ago and that went really well. But like, like what if we had decided to have it on Halloween? And then, you know, we suddenly get that news that we're, we're all out of the house all of a sudden. That would be such a bummer. Like, couldn't it just wait till November 1st? Fuck, I don't know. But anyway, that's the story. We're all supposed to have two months to pack everything up and, and find a new place. Whether I'm living with other people again, maybe I might end up on my own again. I really don't know at this point. But anyway... That's happening, and I'm going to have to fix the RB and the Chief Season 8 story somehow, so the... Fuck, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like, I guess I'm going to have to, like... Hopefully I can finish this 2001 arc before 
I have to get out of the house. It just means that I have to fucking bust ass. Ugh. Okay. I'm just going to try. Uh, yeah, by the way, I'm very sorry about uh, taking so long with um, episode 7. I am working on it. I want it to be good. It's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I can see the whole episode playing out in my head. It's just the script needs a bit more work at the end, but it's it's getting there. And what I'm actually I've actually got an idea cuz I used I used to do weird shit to get myself motivated to write uh years ago. I remember at in one of my old places when I used to live by myself, I had a a closet that it was just wide enough like the the depth of the closet was the width of a person like my shoulders would be at the walls and one day i decided to put a desk in there in the width of that or the depth of that closet and a little chair and i would go in i would walk into that closet sit in the chair bring my laptop in with me close the door over so i was in the pitch black except for the laptop light of course and i would just like try to write and I wouldn't have anything else running, no, like, internet browser or any other applications, just the word document. And the idea was to just cut myself off of seeing or hearing anything else until I kind of box myself in. And the idea was that it would somehow focus my, my thoughts, you know what I mean? But I didn't stick with it for long because it just freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> To be honest, I was in there. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't claustrophobia. It was. I think it was just arachnophobia. Like my worst fear was like seeing a spider on the wall, like right next to me. Because I've always had a thing about being close to like walls and ceilings because of like bugs and spiders and stuff. And that's where you you often find them. You see them clung on to the surface, right? And so my worst fear. Not only in that closet, but right now, like with these fucking curtains around my, my head, my worst fear is just like looking up and just like a giant spider, like on the fucking curtain and then scuttling towards me really fast, like in a fucking horror movie. <laughs> and then jumps on my face like a fucking face hugger from the Alien series, like... <laughs> like that, that's what was fucking playing in my head over and over as I was staring at that fucking laptop screen. Like, as if that would happen, like, I mean, maybe it would, but like, you know, I have this irrational thing where I just see like a spider on the wall or the floor. And I, if I stare at it long enough, then eventually it's just going to jump straight out at my face, like a, like a straight line straight onto my face and then just latch on and start eating my flesh. It's fucking ridiculous. I know. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't stick with it for long because that's all that was going through my head was that fucking phobia of being close to a spider or a big gross insect of some kind. And I just, so I just got the heebie-jeebies. I'm like, ah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so now I'm trying this. This is actually helping me focus a little bit. I like this. Just moving out is such a fucking bummer, you know? fucking what a pain in the ass it is moving from one building to another all the bullshit you gotta do <laughs> i posted on twitter that i was getting evicted and some dude uh was like you should hand out the floorboards to the trick-or-treaters so the landlord has a surprise when he gets into the house <laughs> i thought that was fucking hilarious not a bad idea hmm Anyway, that's happening, and also, uh, I've talked about this a few times already, I don't mean to go on and on about it, but it is something that has been bothering me. I was in a distance relationship for about a year, and that's kind of fell apart completely, and I didn't really think that it would, but life disappoints me yet again. I thought I've seen it all at this age. I mean, I know I'm not that, that fucking old, but 28, you know. My 20s are almost gone behind me. I'm almost 30 fucking years old. 
And my romantic life has always been a fucking joke. Because, you know, so much of my life... Like, all of my 20s, I poured into this fucking show. Arby and the Chief. And getting weekly content out. That really fucking, like... Burned me out. That's why I, like, quit after three seasons. I'm like, ugh. I'm done. I can't think of anything else. I just need a break. But they didn't... You know, the network didn't want to break because, you know, and I, this I'm not taking yet another opportunity to shit on them here. I mean, because it's just what networks do. You know what I mean? If something's making money and, you know, the views are there and, you know, you miss a week, then you lose views and you lose, you know, future subscribers and money or whatever. Just get the need for it. But it was just, you know, I me producing the show was kind of a unique case because I was like a one-man crew when you know usually you'd have at least two maybe three guys like one guy editing one guy writing or something like that but I just did everything whether it's out of fucking ego or you know being a control freak over my content I'm just obsessed with like writing my content the way I want to write it cutting it the way I want to cut it and just hoping people are along for the ride. And I know, I know a lot of people fucking hate this uh, season 8, 2001 arc. Because it's just so fucking long. And people are just saying, you know, you're really pissing off your fucking fan base with, like, just this full season of, like, hours and hours of fucking nothing happening. And we're still not in the fucking, like, like, we still haven't seen the toys in the bedroom yet. Which I've tried to resolve with the fucking Bite series where you see the toys. And I, I worked really hard on those too. It's not just season eight. You know, there's a very different process involved in writing for the Bite series and then for the, for the story episodes. The story episodes, writing those are actually way, way fucking harder. Because you've got a plot line to follow. So you've got to, like, you know... I've got to achieve the realism of the of the the rant like conversations in the bites episode, but trim it down so the story kind of moves along. You know what I mean? And yeah, you can argue like there's been a hell of a lot of setup this season, and like I I th I think like I still stand by all my episodes. I'm not going to denounce them. I think those were solid scripts. I'm grateful for the time I had to make them the way I wanted to. I'm really happy with them. There's not really anything I'd change about them. Maybe minor things here and there, because there always is, you know. Um, but I stand by it. I think it's some of the best work I've done, honestly. And to people who don't like it, I mean, it's just... I mean, I'm sorry people. there's some people out there that don't enjoy it. But I'm really trying to fucking make it, like, entertaining and intense and make the the characters' motivations and logic be sound and, like, consistent throughout. And it's like you're watching a scene and you're invested because you're like, oh, okay, I know why that character's making that decision. Like, I think it's just a cool story. And I think it's, it's a shame more people aren't on board with it. But I'm really hoping opinions will change when episode uh episode seven comes out because the way it ends it ends in a way that transitions the story from the 2001 arc to something that's more familiar to you know fans of the show where it's the toys in the bedroom i'm trying to, i'm the reason i'm wording it so fucking funny is i'm trying not to spoil anything but but just i would like fans to trust me that I think it's really funny and it'll be really satisfying and you know the work on the script has been a little sluggish lately I you know I'll be honest just because of the fucking my love life is a fucking mess and my I'm getting kicked out of the fucking house and I'm my brain is just a fucking mess right now and last week before any of this happened, I was just really busy. I was, like, recovering from, from a fucking almost fatal computer error where I overwrote my complete fucking operating system, if you can believe that. Sounds like a fucking joke, doesn't it? I deleted my operating system. What'd you do, John? Did you go and log on to fucking blah, 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 some uh, ridiculous porno? And some Trojan horse came in and fucking deleted your system 32? Like, 
you watch too much porn, Joe. No, it wasn't fucking porn, okay? I was looking for um, a new way of emulating Windows XP. I've, I've told this story a million times. Everybody's fucking sick of hearing it. But yeah, if you want to hear the story about how I deleted my fucking operating system, you can go watch the last stream that I did. You know, instead of handing out floorboards <laughs> to the, to the trick-or-treaters on Halloween, well, that too, but I should also just go, you know, just completely Stevo on the whole house, just smash the shit out of it, <laughs> have an eviction party, chainsaw furniture in half, kick the fucking walls in, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I won't do that, but it's funny. It's an entertaining thought. <clears throat> anyway, like I said, my love life has been a fucking mess ever since... Ever. I was gonna, I was gonna say the start of the show, but before then, I had never been in a relationship. You know, with a girl beyond friendship, that was it. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, if I had a healthy love life, the show, R being the Chief, would not be what it was because like the reason you know so much effort went into that show is because so much of my time and energy went into it like where I just get up go outside to a cafe write for a few hours go home edit for the rest of the of the day go to sleep repeat that was all I fucking did Especially during season seven, that's where that's where it was really bad, where I like didn't even talk to anybody for like stretches of months. You know, I was just so isolated, and just like forced to pick away at my own brain. I think that's one of the reasons season seven was so bleak, is because like each season, in a way, kind of shows my outlook on life at that particular point in my life you know what I mean so season seven all this fucked up shit is happening that's kind of like what's going on in my head you know what I mean these feelings that I'm dealing with and I thought it would be cool to explore those in the narrative and it's just embarrassing trying to explain what I do to women because I overhear some of them talking sometimes and you know they they look down I'm not saying all women do this but I, I'm just saying I'm, I've overheard conversations where you know, beautiful women will just like, you know, one was complaining about her boyfriend because her boyfriend, he's like, oh, my boyfriend will never shut up about video games. And he's, he's always trying to explain to me the, the narrative merits of The Last of Us on PlayStation. Who the fuck cares? Who cares about video games? Who cares? And I was like, oh, like, you know, if I tried to explain Arby and the Chief to her, what the fuck would she think? You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, this loser. Like, I talked about Chris Chan in my last podcast. Poor fucking guy. I mean, I don't have anything against him. He's a, he's a guy who drew... He made this web comic. And the main character was like a, a combination of Sonic and Pikachu. Looked very odd. But... You know, it's just, I found it kind of oddly charming because it's like, oh, he's a fan of these two characters. He's mixing them together. And, and you know, it's like kind of crudely drawn. You know, not everything's within the lines, the coloring, you know what I mean? And, um, but I mean, he's just, he's just a harmless guy and he liked to collect his toys and stuff like that. But I guess one day, like, the, you know, an army of trolls went after him whether it was off of 4chan or something like that you know picking on him or maybe he did something to to provoke being trolled I'm, I'm not quite sure i can't remember the guy seems fucking harmless though but you know that's what i think like if i were to describe my show to a woman their perception of me would be the same as their perception of someone like chris chan who's just like this kind of stay at stay-at-home dude who's always locked in his bedroom just kind of playing with toys and filming himself you know what I mean but I always hoped but I, I always held hope that you know if I put a lot of effort into the scripts and showed 
you know, that I had a lot, you know, not a lot of insight, but, you know, enough insight to impress some people maybe. And, you know, I put some, um, a television level of quality into the, you know, producing the scripts and, and cutting all the footage together and filming it, you know what I mean? To make it look legit, like, you know, if, if, if it weren't for the fact that it's filmed in video games, this, you know, uh, writing-wise and cinematography-wise, this could be something that could play against, you know, content on, you know, major networks, you know what I mean? I'm not saying it does, I'm not saying it fucking does, okay? I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with having high ambition. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with aiming for the stars, you know, when you're creating something. I mean, it's a different thing entirely to say that you've that you've struck the stars. It's like, "Oh, my, this thing I've made is the greatest thing ever." Like that's different. But if you just say, "I want this to be the greatest thing ever." I think it could be if it's done right. Let's try it. And you know, that's all it is. Like writing writing seasons of the show are being the chief the way i think of it is like building a lego death star without an instruction manual like pretend you you had a new lego death star set and you lost the fucking manual for it so you had nothing to go by it's just a pile of fucking small intricate pieces and you're just picking up up one piece at a time Turning, turning them around in your hand, trying to, clicking them together. Do, do these go together? Oh, no, maybe I'll try this one. And then, you know, months and months and months go by, and then you have something that's roughly resembling a Death Star, maybe, but it's a little wobbly, you know. It's a little bit like a Jenga tower with some with some blocks missing, you know. It's a little bit, you, you fucking, you fart on it, and it kind of wobbles, and it, you know, comes close to breaking. And you, you're just kind of like, you know, in the, you know, in the revision process, you're just kind of like slapping band-aids on it at like parts of it. Like, oh, it's a little weak here. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. And then you finally present it to, you know, the programming heads or whoever you're working for or yourself maybe. And you're just like, I guess that's a story. I guess it works. I don't know. So yeah, anyway, I was saying my love life is a fucking joke. And I've recently started to get into online dating. And this I've talked about before as well, but fuck it, whatever. I think it's funny to talk about. But, um, so I'm doing that. I'm online dating. And uh, I haven't been having much luck so far. Um, it's important to note, though, that the... The experiences of online dating for men and women are drastically different. I was talking about a friend. I was talking about this with a friend at dinner one night, not long ago. We were talking about just the the sheer gap in the the experience. Like for 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 women, online dating, it's like every day it's a sea of guys. Like, you can't even see past them. It's just a, a, a wall of men just constantly coming at you. Hey, baby, what's up? You want to see my dick? <laughs> uh, that's what my friend said. A sea of dick pics. You're just, they're just... Women are just kind of like swimming through them, doing the fucking breaststroke just through a sea of fucking images. Yes, your dicks are all very nice, guys. We're, I'm really impressed. They're not impressed. Nobody likes a penis. They're all disgusting. And everybody finds them disgusting, men and women. I, th I hate the male anatomy. I think male body hair is gross. I think penises are gross. I don't know what women see in us, honestly. But yeah, online dating has its own slew of annoyances. Uh, weird terms that people make up. Heteroflexible. Flexible between what? Homo and heterosexuality, I assume. So doesn't that mean, am I wrong, that you're, that you're bisexual? So just fucking say that. 
heteroflexible. Don't use these, don't make up these cutesy words, pull, just pull them out of your ass. To, to like make yourself seem like you're more of an enigma than you are, you know what I mean? Heteroflexible, ooh. And um, sapiosexual, fuck. Like I get it, S you know, p smart people are attractive, you want to be around them. But who doesn't like smart people? In this day and age where, you know, knowledge is really celebrated and respected. Nobody wants to hang out with a dumbass. Everybody likes intelligent people. So don't use this label to like distinguish yourself like you're any different, like we want to hang out with dumbasses, but oh mighty you likes hanging out with smart people, good for you. Sapiosexual. Come on. It's like saying I like food. People who write that in their profiles? Who the fuck doesn't like fucking food? You're gonna die if you don't fucking eat food. I like oxygen. Uh. I like breathing in and out and zipping up my fly without getting my dick caught. And then, uh, lots of women who want to like, they're so into like extreme sports, you know? I just look at their some of their profile pictures and I get exhausted. You know what I mean? One's windsurfing, one's skydiving, one's ziplining, one's rock climbing. <laughs> Dude, every fucking activity under the sun. It's like, ladies, like, doesn't don't any of you just like sitting on the fucking couch and watching Netflix? Come on, what's so bad about that? Do we have to spend every moment of every day on the top of some fucking mountain somewhere? Oh, my pulse. Good heart rate, good heart rate. I'll, f I'll feel yours, you feel mine. Yeah, I f we feel so alive. It seems... Uh, once in a while, fine. Well, I mean, for me, probably not even once in a while. I don't want to fucking go skydiving. That sounds fucking terrifying. No thanks. Have fucking fun with that. And every girl likes to travel. I also hate traveling. You know, who likes a fucking plane ride? It sucks dick. I mean, you know, when people talk about saying that they love travel, I guess they're not talking about the plane rides, they're talking about the new places they are, but... Uh, do we have to, do you have to tr constantly travel? I just... Fucking take a load off, will you? <laughs> Put the fucking surfboard down. Put the grappling hooks down, all your fucking climbing equipment. Take off your Fitbit. <laughs> Have a beer, a bowl of cereal, shut the fuck up and let's watch something on TV, you know what I mean? Who cares? But honey, we gotta climb the Eiffel Tower. You said we would. <laughs> oh yeah, and the fake profiles. Some of them aren't fake, but they're like misguided oh like i'm i'm speaking with from a very male perspective on this online dating thing because the interfaces for men and women like the experiences are so vastly different so like i don't have access to the women's way of these websites operating so all i can say is what my experience is like as a man going onto an online dating site and going through women's profiles, okay? And I happen to notice that in a lot of pro uh, profiles, they'll say, like, uh, um, they're, they're, they're just here to make friends. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not interested in dating right now, but I'm just here to make new friends. Like, you meet new friends at, like, s social gatherings. You go to social gatherings, don't you? You still go, like, even though you're online dating, you still go to the bar, you still go to, I don't know, some fucking flea market or something, or just something going on outside in the city. You go to those concerts, whatever. Can you meet friends there? I mean, this site, this is a dating website. Like, it's for people who want to date. If you don't want to date, get the fuck off. How fucking hard is it? What is there, like, to not understand? 
And then they like get upset when like guys get upset, like because the guys like send them a message, and then the girls are like, "Oh, sorry, I'm not on here to date actually." And then the guys get upset, like, "What are you doing? Like, just get off." And then the women's just was just like, "Oh, you you just wanted me to for for sex? Is that it? You don't want to make friends with me? Well, you know, you wouldn't have been a good candidate for me anyway." Click, and then the conversation's fucking over. But I just, I, I, I don't think, if you're not there to date, you shouldn't be fucking on there. Like, get the fuck off. Seriously. And then the spam bots, holy fuck, the fake fucking profiles. Which are so fucking painfully easy to spot. Like, who fucking falls for that shit? Not just on online dating, but fucking Twitter. Like, every new follow that I get, every, every other new follow that I get, and every other new, like person who likes my comment or my tweet that I get is from a fucking spam bot nowadays which is obviously which is always some fucking profile picture that's not a headshot that doesn't have their face in it it's just tits and crotch or tits and ass or whatever that's it in some scantily clad fucking bullshit outfit it's obviously some image just yanked off of google somewhere you know what I mean or you know worse yet you know from the private photos of maybe of like a friend or something and you know it's just such a, a titillating photo that you know they'll they'll abuse that to 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 attract attention to these fake online profiles you know what i mean oh yeah and the fucking group photographs lord jesus save me from fucking group photographs on dating websites that i sift through and it's like you come across somebody and it's like two people in the photograph. One person's name at the top of the profile page. Okay, so which person in the photo is it? So you think, well, maybe they have more than one photograph because, you know, each profile has like up to five or something like that. So I'll just cycle through the rest of them and there might be one where it's just the one girl on her own, the one who the profile belongs to, you know what I mean? So you sift through them and they're all the fucking same. And I was, I was talking about this on the previous stream before, but I just think it's fucking funny and I want to go over it again. That sometimes you go, you go through the photographs and it's the same fucking friend in each one. It's the, the, the same two girls, so you don't know who the fucking profile belongs to. And it's like, how... Like, I need to know. Like, I'm not... Sorry, but I'm not really keen on agreeing to meet with you if, if I don't know which one you are. Isn't that obvious? Like, why are you making this so difficult? You know what I mean? I don't get it. I thought of an example on the stream, too. I called back to, like, a moment in the show The Sopranos. And I think it's in one of the later seasons. Might even be the last season. Season 6 at some point where AJ, Tony Soprano's son, gets a girl. He starts working at a construction site. And he meets this girl at the site. And they start talking at a bar or something, and the girl gives him her phone number, but only the first three digits of it. And she's like, if you really care about me, you'll find the last four digits on, the, on your own. And then just leaves the bar. And AJ's just like, smitten. She's just like, oh, I'm in love. It's like, why don't you just give me your fucking phone number? Why do you have to make it this fucking, like, scavenger hunt? This test of love? You know? How the fuck am I supposed to find the rest of your phone number? I don't even know why I'm getting upset about this. This didn't even happen. Not only did this not even happen to me, this happened to a fictional fucking character, so it didn't happen. But I'm just using that to illustrate, like, um, that this idea that, you know, women like, some women like to be this evasive challenge. You know what I mean? Oh, you didn't get me. You didn't get me. I mean, assuming it's intentional that all five of your fucking profile pictures have the same two fucking people in it, and I'm just supposed to do some, what, internet detective work? Pull out my fucking eyeglass? Hmm. Oh, that looked a little trippy there. I thought there was, there's, it looked like some vertigo shot because I can see the feed as I'm recording this, but I just realized that the curtain is attached to like the back of my head. So when I lean forward, it looks like the whole fucking wall behind me is like moving with me. But it looked like the camera was pushing in. Anyway, who fucking cares? Nobody. Let's move on. But yeah, those, those bots on Twitter have been really pissing me off. 
Because I'll get fucking, ex like, excited. Like, oh, somebody retweeted me. And then I'll, like, look at the profile and be like, oh. It's a bot. Another one. Great. And they're so fucking obvious as soon as you get, it, like, a single glance at one for a fraction of a, of a second. And you see whatever candy-ass, fake-ass name that the chick has. Some, some stripper name, you know what I mean? Stripperella. Stripperella DeVille. Crystal Stripperella DeVille. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Crystal Porsche Crystal... Oh, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, you look at that, and then you look at the profile picture, which, like I said, no face, which girls don't do, by the way. Girls include their faces and their photos. They want you to see them, you know, as a person. And then you take one look at their fucking tweets, and you see that it's like a fucking third grader wrote it, who do, whose English is not his or her first language. No fucking grammar. Capitalization's all off. No punctuation. Hey, sexy boy. Want to have a good time? I'm not trying to be racist there. I'm just doing a fucking shitty grammar. You know what I mean? They don't type right. And emojis. Oh, God, I'm so sick of fucking emojis. And all the tweets have links in them. That's how you can tell right away. Links, like tiny URL contraction links to their fucking sexy live shows. Their scandalous shows. Fuck off. Stop bothering me. All right, guys. It's time. It's that time again for fan mail. Oh, shit. Here we go. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. This one's from John. Um, I'm just going to read out first names. I don't want anybody contacting me with privacy issues, but uh, if you prefer I read out your last names, you can go ahead and let me know, but I don't want to risk it. Uh, this one's from John. Hey, John. I was wondering if you've ever seen South Park before. Dude, what do you think? It seems like a show you would be into. Keep being awesome, dude. Thanks, man. Of course. Who doesn't watch South Park by now? And it's been going on for so long, and, and it's been so consistently sharp. Hasn't been perfect, but no show is. And for it to be this sharp for this long is amazing. And the fact that it's like the same two guys that have been doing it for 20 seasons now. I think that's awesome. And those guys are so funny. Like, do you guys see them at the, the Oscars when they were nominated for Blame Canada? And they were doing like LSD before they got out of the, out of the limo outside of the Kodak theater and then they're going around you know with all the press everywhere with their microphones and cameras and and they're, they're going around telling telling people well people people are asking them like what's they're dressed they're they've both got like women's dresses on and uh you know everyone's asking them like what's with the dresses and they're just like oh it's just a magical night you know it's <laughs> <coughs> a lot of <coughs> <coughs> A lot of Jesus, <coughs> a lot of magic in the air. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, yeah, I've been following them since the beginning, man. Not from season one, but very early on, like when season two, or maybe three, was a thing. Like I remember seeing the VHS tapes for South Park in my local video store and I would rent them like over and over <laughs> so I just love watching that shit man I thought it was so funny the early seasons are really good everybody should pick up South Park it's one of the most consistently consistently scathing and accurate um, commentaries on society comedic commentaries that's on the air period and the video games, man, Stick of Truth, I had a bomb playing that. Like, any anybody who's a fan of South Park, just for the Easter eggs alone, like, you, you play as a... And they take 
that's what I like about uh, Matt and Trey. They take the storytelling element seriously. They're, they're, they're emotionally connected to the fact that you play as a new kid in the South Park games and you're like trying to make new friends. Like there's this cool sense of small town adventure that I think the game captures really well. I say games, like Stick of Truth's only out right now, but Fractured Butthole is coming out and that looks so sick. And like the combat is now seamless with the ex exploration, whereas there was a little annoying loading screen in Stick of Truth, but whatever. And the the narrative in that game was great. With the oh, I don't want to spoil anything. It's so good to just go into that game not knowing anything. Like don't watch any trailers if you're a South Park fan. Just play Stick of Truth. It's dynamite. This one's from Hugh. Hey, John, I've been a long-time fan of Arby and the Chief. The way you went from having a silly, happy-go-lucky series in the first four seasons to having an actual production with plenty of characters, scenes, story, etc. in seasons five to eight was outright amazing. Thanks, man. That was the first time I ever cared about story and character in something that wasn't a video game. It was thanks to you that I was able to develop an, interested, an interest in film production and writing. I'm currently writing a script for a video game I'm working on. If it wasn't for Arby and the Chief, I never would have developed the interest in creating such a thing. Thanks for your awesome work, and I look forward to seeing what you have next, whether it's Arby, Polyfrost, or something new. Anyways, I have two questions. What is your thoughts on YouTube censoring content that has anything offensive? Uh, in brackets, an example of what... An example would be saying the words gay, faggot, ass, pussy. By taking away that video's ad revenue, or even taking down the whole video in general. I personally think it's bullshit. Let me say whatever I want, shitlords. <laughs> My second question is what are your thoughts on video games going down the microtransaction route? Route. <clears throat> I, once again, think this is bullshit. It just shows that the developers are in it for the money and care very little to none about, to none about the game and its fans. It makes the game almost feel soulless, in my opinion. Thanks for the great content all, ye all these years, Quinn. Okay, it says the email's from Hugh, but it's, but it's signed Quinn at the bottom. Whichever it is. I'm not sure if I agree with you. On the, what is your thoughts on YouTube censoring content that has anything offensive by taking away that video's ad revenue or even taking down the whole video in general? See, that, it's, you're linking censorship. You're assuming censorship equates to um, them demonetizing videos. Like, that censorship if they take away your ability to earn ad revenue on a video, but I don't really agree with that. Like, I mean, removing them, removing the videos outright, maybe. But, like, I think if you're going to use YouTube's platform, like, when you sign up with YouTube and you become a creator, you agree to their terms and conditions, right? So, I mean, like, if you can't, if they, like, if their advertisers make such a fuss that YouTube um, is, is forced to be like, hey, you can't do that. What the fuck? Fuck, I'm boring my fucking self here. Um, what am I trying to say? I don't think it's censorship for them to demonetize your videos. Because you're still free to, like, upload videos without monetization to express yourself. So just because you're not making money doesn't mean that you're not being censored. That's where I disagree with you. Um, deleting your videos outright, um, I think that's a little bit different, um, but I don't promote like hate, I don't condone like hate speech or anything like that. I don't, I don't, think that stuff should be out there things that promote hate towards other people or incite hate but i mean whatever there's people out there kkk members or whoever sends out a fucking video and it goes viral and they're speaking their mind and what can you do they're speaking their mind like as long as they don't act out on well i don't know maybe they are 
I think people should be able to say what they want. And you don't need monetization to say what you want. It's annoying. I think the, the real problem is just getting the advertisers to lighten up. And like, I don't see why they're so worried, worried about associating themselves with offensive content when there's so much of it on even cable now. And, you know, Netflix and all these streaming services have all this extreme explicit content that everyone's raving about on the web. Everyone loves it. And I also think context is so important. Like, you, I think you can deal with any kind of offensive ideas you want as long as you're smart about it. You have to be, like, constantly above it. And, you know, if it's, if it's satire, satire, you also got to know, like, the opposing point of view and do your research and, like, tackle it from a, sw a smart way that shows, that demonstrates to an audience that you're not trying to be offensive. You need to make something where the intent is clear. It's like, oh, he's making a statement on these offensive things. Like, you just got to be clever about it. I don't think anything's off limits. You just got to be smart about what you're making fun of. Make sure the intent is right and it's not based on hate, irrational hatred or fear. Anyway, your second question about games going the microtransaction route. Um, it's a little annoying, but whatever. I just, I just gloss over it. Like, I remember playing Dead, Dead Space 3, which I think got... The reception of that was a little mixed, but I enjoyed it. And I think it's a solid co-op game. Like, that's fun to play with another person. Regardless of how, you know, the, the horror is kind of... Is not as effective as it used to be. And it's become a lot more action-oriented. Um, which I guess, you know, it's... It's an unpleasant mixture, like, because Dead Space had this origin of being a very atmospheric horror game in the first one. And then the second one was a really, really effective blend of action and horror. And then the third game, it's like, there's a big injection of action, I think, to the displacement of some horror elements. And it was to service the co-op. Like, the co-op was, like, forced on it, it felt. So, even though it's a solid co-op game, there is this annoying thing that the co-op was wedged in, I think, by the publisher. You know, to, to be more marketable, dis in spite of the, the horror. Like, like, the publisher knew, like, uh, it's not going to be as scary if we make it a co-op game, but we don't care. So in a way, I would kind of would have preferred if Dead Space stayed a single-player game, but I, I try to enjoy things for what you are, you know what I mean? They're, whether I like it or not, there's no fucking... The third Dead Space game isn't... I mean, you can play it solo, but a lot of it's built around the co-op elements, so it's like, if you, if you play through that game solo, it just looks... It's like you're running through a playground where there's a bunch of things you can't, like, quite use properly. It's like, there's always some fucking object or a lever. It's like, oh, for that, that's for the co-op guy, but maybe there is a co-op guy with you, and he's like a computer. An AI, I don't fucking know. Don't but know. yeah, the microtransactions, whatever, as long as it's not intrusive. I think it does get a little annoying sometimes, though. Like, even in Halo Reach... You know in Halo Reach when you're in the menu and you look up the multiplayer maps and you see a big gold star beside beside new maps that have been created as DLC that you don't have on your hard drive yet. So it's like they're using this big annoying gold star next to the map names to encourage you to, to buy the rest of the maps, right? And, you know, for a lot of gamers, I think, are, like, kind of OCD. And they're, you know, completionists. And they see something out of place. Like, those stars in juxtaposition with the absence of stars next to all the rest of the maps. You're just like, ah, oh, i got to get rid of those. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just buy them. I'll buy them all. <laughs> there can't be one star that's out of place. You know what I mean? So I think stuff like that is a little manipulative. But in the end, who gives a shit? I mean, it doesn't hinder my ability to access anything. It's just a visual annoyance.
But anyway, thanks for your email, Quinn. I appreciate yeah, it. So I think I'll wrap up the podcast there. If you like the podcast and you want more, you can check out my website at imaginativelogo.com. And I do a show called Arby and the Chief, which uh, the eighth season of which I'm currently producing. Seasons one to seven are always available on machinima.com. You can check out those there on their YouTube channel. And if you want to watch the eighth season, you can go on to my channel, uh, John Graham on YouTube, John CJG rather. So go there. Um, I got a SoundCloud account. <clears throat> um, you can access that from my website. It's got uh, episodes of the podcast, the audio versions, and um, bonus episodes. Bonus episodes on on there too. If you're a backer on Patreon.com/slash/JCJGram, that's my crowdfunding page. If you have an email that you'd like me to read on the podcast, you can email afterclasspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just have an email for me that you just want me to read, uh, you can send that uh, alternatively to jcjgram at gmail.com. Um, and I won't read those ones out. Like I assume anybody who, I'll assume anybody who sends email to the afterclass podcast address is okay with me reading things out. And then you can follow me on Twitter, jcjgram, at jcjgram, and then uh, facebook.com slash johncjg is where I have a studio page. So uh, check that out. Become a backer if you can. Um, if not, just subscribe to me. Uh, check out my the show and the bites and stuff. I just recently finished a trilogy of episodes called Jam's Bonk, where Master Chief is like directing his own james bond spin-off movie where he stars as james bond except he's called james bonk and arbiter is helping him film it he's the camera operator first assistant director and chief's also the director and it's just about their constant squabbling as if it were a real film set like them like it's half like it jumps in and out of like the reality of the the, the movie and then into actual reality where the toys are trying to get the movie filmed and they're like talking about the stuff behind the camera and how to how to get the shots that they want so check that out anyway thanks for listening that was episode nine of the see me after class podcast and i'll see you again next time thanks